Good morning to everybody. It is great to be here. It is great to be together and to see everybody who has come together to worship God at this time and place. And uh, we're always thankful for our regular members being together, but we're always thankful in a special way for all of our visitors who come our way. And if you are visiting with us, you are special to us. You're a blessing to us just by your being here. And we pray that your being here will be a blessing to you as well. And if you have any questions about anything you hear us say or teach or see us do, please ask. We keep saying simply, we want to be the church we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And so please do not hesitate to ask. And if you're new to the area, if you have questions about the town at all, please do ask us. We, We want to help in whatever way that we can. Appreciate those who have filled in for me uh, while I was gone, my wife and I, on an extended trip over the last two Sundays, and uh, received a phone call from Al Scranton yesterday, and just, uh, he was so appreciative of being invited to speak last Sunday while I was out of town, and he uh, really enjoyed being here. And so he hopes to be able to come back, and he said, I'd like to bring my wife back next time, and so uh, I hope that can happen. I want us to talk about something that I think is important for all of us, not just for us here. It's certainly important for us because it applies to us, maybe in a a different way than it applies to a whole lot of people who have yet to become Christians, but it's, it's something, a line of thought for all of us to consider. And that is simply, I have my thoughts, but God has the answers. When we think about God having the answers to our concerns, our challenges, our questions, we need to recognize that virtually everybody goes through difficult times in life. Everybody. All kinds of difficult, challenging situations confront us in life. They come at us from different angles and they have to do with different aspects of our life. Sometimes they're physical, physical in nature. And so it might be illness or injury or emotional stress or psychological disorder. You know, I ran some some figures, I did a little bit of research uh, talking about just from the emotional and psychological perspective of challenges in our life. We've all, every one of us undoubtedly has known somebody or been associated or, or kind of had uh, been around somebody who has suffered with, from some kind of mental disorder or psychological difficulty or maybe just emotional stress that was really affecting them in, in adverse ways. And prayerfully and hopefully we could be positive influences upon them in those situations. But in 2020, according to the National Institute of Mental Health and also the Center for Disease Control, Suicide. Have you ever thought about how prevalent suicide is in our culture, in our country today? It is the number two cause of death for males ages 10 to 14. Now, I would, my, my, my mind, question marks would go up. Why in the world would children in that age range even consider suicide? but the number two cause of death. It is the number three cause of death in males, ages 15 to 24. And again, I've always wondered, their whole life is ahead of them. They're kids. I realize when they get to be 20, 21, and up through 24, they're adult males now. 
But still, their whole life is ahead of them, all kinds of possibilities and expectations. But it is the number four cause of death for males 35 to 44. So the puzzlement continues to build in my, in my mind and in our thoughts. And they're the number seven cause of death for males ages 45 through 54. Amazing, isn't it? Suicide? Someone thinking they're so stressed in life that they see the out is taking their own lives. Well, we have challenges that confront us, but it's not just in the physical side, it's not just health, it's not just mental, it's not the, just injury or psychological or any of that, but we're faced with material challenges. Someone goes to work one day, in fact, talking with my brother uh, while we were away, and, and he's a whole lot older than I am, but he was relating an instance when he was 16 years old, and he say, said he came home and he was walking up to the home where he and the family lived at that time, and uh, Dad was out there washing the car, I think he said, or maybe waxing it. He came up, and Dad said, well, how's it going? And he said, well, uh, actually, I got laid off today. Well, that's all of a sudden a big challenge. You had a job yesterday or this morning, but now you don't have a job. But it can be financial setback because of different reasons, unexpected expenses incurred, and what about relational challenges and difficulties? Difficulties, problems with your spouse, whether it's husband or wife, or with your children, or with your parents, and a whole lot of difficulties on the part of children with their parents are very prevalent within our culture today. But friends, we have a problem with a friend. We have a problem with our boss. Someone gives us a call and says, did you know so-and-so died? And that's a loved one we cared about very much. But the most serious challenges are spiritual in nature. Not paying proper attention to your faith and spiritual well-being will have a weakening and destructive effect in your life in general. People often just discount. They put out of their mind their need to focus on their relationship with God. That's the spiritual side of their life. Am I where I ought to be? Am I what I ought to be? I wish everybody could experience listening to the singing that we just shared in a few moments ago. Sometimes I just stop singing. I, I, I just want to hear. It's so beautiful. But I can't be silent. I need to be singing along. But also I love to sing along. But it's so beautiful. People who never attend church services anywhere, that's foreign to them. They don't experience that. They don't know what it's like. But the more we immerse ourselves in our spiritual relationship with God, the stronger our life in general will be. And not paying proper attention to our faith, to our spiritual well-being, will have a weakening and destructive effect on our life in general. And so, especially when we're facing problems in life, we need to keep our thoughts focused in a positive direction. And that most positive direction that will see us through all of those challenging situations is when we keep our focus on God and our relationship with him. And we call upon him to help us to, and we trust in him to be able to do that. 
Proverbs 23 and verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, another translation I says, I believe says, as a man thinks in his heart, but man is used there generically, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. So where, where is our focus? What are, what, what are our minds really focused upon as we go through our lives on a daily basis? When we see challenges come our way, do we just feel like overwhelmed? I don't know what to do, I can't do this. There are all kinds of thoughts that go through our minds. And we need to have that focus on God because he can see us through. And if we will walk with him in faithful obedience, he will see us through. Whatever those challenges, whatever those difficulties might be. How many people never become a Christian and they suffer all the consequences thereof, but they never recognize the source of those consequences, the reasons for those consequences. They're not a Christian. They're not walking with God. When times get rough, when things go bad, when you feel so low that you have to look up to see down, when your thinking gets stinking, then you need to recognize God has the answers. So I want us to think about some thoughts that go through our minds as human beings living in this world and focus especially upon thoughts that go through our minds as people living in this country, in this culture. My thought, I'm not good enough. Sometimes I think I'm no good at all. And so a lot of people, they'll say, you know, when you talk to them about their relationship with God, about becoming a Christian, about coming to church, you don't understand, I'm a heathen. You don't know things I've, I've done in my life. I'm not a good person. I'm someone who just practices unrighteousness, evil, ungodliness. God would not want me. Well, I'm not good enough. Sometimes I think I'm no good at all. God's answer did you realize that God wants to adopt you as his child, one of his children? Galatians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, the apostle Paul wrote this. But when the fullness of the time had come, in other words, at the right time, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, addressing God, recognizing him as our heavenly father, our father in heaven. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. God wants to adopt you as his son. You think you're no good? God has a solution. Did you know that Christ wants to confess your name before God in heaven? Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my father who is in heaven. God wants to adopt you as your son, as his daughter. Jesus wants to confess your name before the father in heaven. That's how much God wants to do for you, how much he wants you to be with him. Well, my thought, nobody cares about me. God cares about you. In fact, God cares so much about you that he cares for you. He blesses you in so many ways. 
Well, why would God bless me? I don't, I don't attend church services. I don't worship him. I even curse and use his name in vain at times. But you see, God blesses the sun to shine and the rain to fall upon the just and the unjust. He blesses you with oxygen and the ability to be able to breathe and to be able to function physically. God cares about you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And God wants to walk with you if you will walk with him. James chapter 4 and verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. God cares about you. He cares so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. Well, somebody says, nobody loves me. How? I'm, I'm not lovable. Had a young man come in my office one time many years ago, hard man, gone through a lot of tough things in life, and he was a tough guy. And one of the earmarks of that, his background and his, his identity was he said, I've been in the two toughest county jails in the country, Chicago, Cook County, and L.A. County. And he said, I, I'm, my girlfriend has broken up with me, or she doesn't want to be with me. She doesn't make, she says, I don't make her feel loved. And here was the telling, the telling statement from him. I'm not sure what love is. Well, God has demonstrated his love for you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you on your behalf. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much God loves you. John 3 and verse 16. In Romans 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, okay, you think you live a rough life, you think you've been tough, you think you've done bad things, horrible things, you think you're, there's no hope for you, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, Another one of my thoughts, I'm too tired. I'm too tired. I'm just too tired. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, when we usually say I'm too tired, we're not talking about physically. I can't hardly keep my eyes open. We're talking about I'm just so worn out, worn down. Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest. He's not talking about physical rest either. He's talking about physical rest, uh, spiritual rest. He goes on and says, take my yoke upon you and learn from, my, uh, from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God doesn't ask anything impossible for us. Wherever we might come up short in strength or ability, God is there to give us what we need, to help us along the way. My thought, I can't go on anymore. Now, I know that could be related to the last thought. Negative thinking on our part that keeps us from becoming a Christian or keeps us from living the faithful, dedicated, committed Christian life. I can't go on anymore. But God's answer, 
Sure you can. No, I can't. You don't know. God knows. But he's got something through which he can help you in your weakness, in your struggles, in your feeling of inability. In 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. And we're not talking about a smattering of grace here and there. We're talking about abounding toward us, abundant grace. That you always, did you catch that word always? Did you catch that personal pronoun you? That's personal. That you always having all sufficiency, all sufficiency, not come up short in any way in which you need God's grace. In all things may have an abundance for every good work. God is there for you. He wants to help you. He wants to take care of you. The Apostle Paul related in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 7, how at one point he felt he needed healing from some particular physical impediment or impairment or illness, whatever it might be. There's been all kinds of speculation as to what he might have been referring to, but he doesn't specify it. But he says, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times, three times that it might depart from me, whatever it was. Some have suggested he had an eye problem because of some of the statements he made in some of the letters that he wrote. Some have suggested other possibilities of physical difficulties, physical impairments within his life, perhaps even illness. I've even heard some say maybe it was malaria because of some of the areas that he traveled through. But we don't know. He didn't specify. But he prayed to the Lord three times that it might be removed from him. And God's response, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul goes on and he says, he got the message in other words. He says, therefore, most eagerly or most gladly, I will, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's God's answer for us. I can't go on anymore. God says, sure you can. I'll give you, I'll, I'll extend grace to help you in whatever way you might need. We're not talking about miracles. We're talking about God's providence helping us in whatever way that we need. My thought, I just can't figure things out. I can't see a solution to whatever this is that I'm dealing with. Well, God has given you a roadmap to guide you. He's given you the guidebook to help you see the way, every step of the way. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hmm. We need to learn to not look just through our own abilities, our own vision as to what can I do to fix things, to make things better, but we need to trust God and lean upon his understanding. 
In Proverbs 3, beginning with verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. How many times have we read through history about someone who was really exalted in the minds of society, who might have been really intelligent, we might even say they were just geniuses, but they did not walk with God and they suffered the consequences. They influenced people in a direction away from God rather than with God. We need to not lean upon our own understanding. We're not all powerful, we're not all knowing, only God is. But we've also seen extremely intelligent, even genius kinds of persons who have openly declared their belief in, their faith in God. And what a great influence that is upon humanity around them. My thought, you want, to go, you want me to go to church? You want me to live the Christian life? You want me to live a spiritually focused life? I, I, I just, it's just not worth it. Uh, God's answer, eternity is worth it, isn't it? Eternal life, eternal bliss in heaven, being with God, Christ the Holy Spirit in heaven for all of eternity, that surely is worth it. In fact, it is worth it. Hands down, beyond question. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 19, Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Think about when you buy that new car and you say, this is the latest and greatest. This has got all kinds of bells and whistles, more than I even imagined. Let me show you all the different things that this car does. And we have now engineers who are working on developing cars that will drive themselves. You don't even have to pay attention to the road. You don't have to put your hand on the steering wheel. You just plug in a destination, I guess, maybe, and, and you know, program it into wherever you want to be, and the car just takes over. Think about that. We hear about flying vehicles now that, that can take us even potentially from one location in town to another location in town. Now again, on the drawing board, prototypes are out there, but, but whatever that is, if it's just the greatest, most souped up sport car that you can imagine and you get it, it's brand new, it's all shiny, how's it going to look five years from now? Well, it's going to look just as great because I'm going to put it in my garage and I'm going to cover it with a tarp. What's the use of having it then if you're not going to drive it and enjoy it? I drove by a home in Baton Rouge. I've driven through that, by that home, visiting family a number of times. I looked over in the garage or the carport and the driveway. There were at least four, I guess, collector cars, classic cars sitting in that driveway. I could not see any one of them because they were all tarped. They were all covered up. Well, I'm sure the owner really cherishes those cars. But see, everything gets old in this world, doesn't it? And that's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. All the treasures of this earth, yeah, they're going to decay. They're going to get older. They're going to be, but treasures in heaven are eternal, eternal. And so eternity is worth it. My thought, 
You want me to do something that's impossible. I just can't do it. I can't live the Christian life. Is life impossible? Well, we talked about a whole bunch of people who every year decide, I can't do this anymore. It's impossible. And they take their own lives. Is that the solution? Is that the answer? Absolutely not. It's impossible. God's answer. With God, all things are possible. Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Luke 1 and verse 37, with God nothing will be impossible. Because you see, God is all powerful. God is greater than all of your problems, all of the imaginations that you think are holding you back in life from being the Christian that you really need to be. God is greater than all of those problems. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, you are of God, little children. He's writing this to Christians and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God is greater than all of your problems and God is greater than he who may be the source of your problems. And Paul wrote in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. He's talking about God. God is able to bless you in ways that you have not yet imagined. Because God is all powerful. Someone finally says, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Well, interesting. I heard something. So I did a little bit of research myself to follow up. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, if you're a college football fan, Notre Dame University paid Marshall University $1.25 million to come to South Bend, Indiana and play a game of football with them and lose. But Marshall won, Notre Dame lost. Texas A&M two weeks ago paid Appalachian State $1.5 million to come to College Station and lose. But Appalachian State beat Texas A&M. The University of Nebraska paid Georgia Southern $1.4 million two weeks ago to come to Lincoln and lose. We know that story though, don't we? Georgia Southern beat Nebraska Huskers. They might ought to have been put in jail for that, but they, they beat them nonetheless. It was fair and square. Now those are called, I've never heard them referred to that way. I've always just thought of them as tune-up games. You know, you bring in a, what you think is going to be a doormat school and you just you beat up on them and you tune up your, your own skills and abilities of your team. I never heard them called rent-a-wins before, but that's what I heard them called. You're renting a team to come in, you're supposed to beat up on, and then you send them off, but you pay them a whole lot of money to lose those games. But all of those home teams, and there were probably some others as well, they apparently failed to follow through recognizing and really preparing and really understanding this team can beat us. We've got to still play the game. We've got to go out there like this is Alabama or should I dare say even mention Oklahoma. You know, I, we've got to get out there and play the game. We've got to be serious in our game. 
Someone says, I can't do it. I can't live the life. What did Paul say? Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can live the Christian life because God promises me that I can live the Christian life. I can get to heaven because God says, I've got the doors, of the, the gates of heaven waiting for you open to usher you in. I want you to be there with me. I want to, I want to adopt you as my son or daughter. My son wants to confess your name before me in heaven. I'm ready for you. And whatever weakness, whatever shortcoming I may think I have, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I can do it, not by myself, not in and of myself. I can live the Christian life with God's help by his grace through his blessings. He'll help me be strong where I'm weak. Well, we finally come to another, and I've run into this, at least maybe on the fringes, I think probably, in my preaching life. I can't, I can't forgive myself. I've been so bad, I just can't forgive. I can't believe God would forgive me. But God can forgive you. He sent his son to shed his blood on the cross to give his physical life to pay the price for your guilt, for your sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You mean even what I did back and said? Yes. And everything else you have done throughout your life that has been ungodly, God will forgive you if you will come to him through Jesus Christ. When the Jews and probably a number of them on Pentecost had been there at the crucifixion, many of them, if not most of them, had probably rejected Jesus while he was walking upon this earth. But ultimately, many asked Peter and the rest of the apostles in Acts 2 and verse 37, what shall we do? And Peter said, now any of you who did not reject Jesus, let me tell you what you can do. No, he answered for everybody in that crowd. He said, let every one of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When perhaps the greatest enemy of the church, probably certainly in the first half of the first century, but maybe for all times, when he was confronted by the Lord in the road to Damascus, and the Lord told him to go into the city and you will be told what you must do, and he sent a Christian man named Ananias to confront Saul of Tarsus. He came to Saul, he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Jesus died on that cross just so you can be forgiven, just so you can be saved, just so you can be a Christian, just so you can have eternal life with him in heaven. The apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2, for he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you. In the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time.
Behold, now is the day of salvation. Are you ready? Are you ready to trust God? Are you ready to believe all his promises? Are you ready to let him strengthen you, bless you, hold you up, however you might be weak in all of those weaknesses? Are you ready for God to see you through? If you need to become a Christian this morning, to be baptized into Christ, please take advantage of the opportunity. Trust God. You have your thoughts. We've looked at God's answers. If you need the prayers of the church, please step forward and let us know. Or talk with us privately. We're ready to baptize you into Christ. And God is ready to forgive all of your sins at that point. And if you have struggled along the way as a Christian, God is ready to forgive you if you'll come to him in prayer. And we'd like to pray with you and for you. If you need to come, come right now as we stand together and sing.